Welcome back to Sideline Exposure. I am your host, Mitchell Crossan, and this is Exposure 105. And we're taking a deep dive into Cam Newton and his time at Auburn. So if you've been following the show, you know that in the offseason, we've been taking a deep dive into one Power 5 program every week, just giving you the ins and outs and the details of that program. We will continue to do that, but also what I want part of the show to be is I want to take a deep dive into these big stories, big names, and teams, and players, etc. that have had such a big impact on the sport of college football, especially in the last 10 and 20 years as a start. Cam Newton and his time at Auburn has been a huge story, and you know it's been over a decade ago, and so it, that's something that you don't forget about, but as time goes on, it slips your mind a little bit. So this is Exposure 105. We're turning back the clock a little bit, and we're discussing the winner of the 2010 Heisman Trophy. Now, remember, there was quite a bit of controversy around the selection. But before we dive into the allegations that surrounded Cam Newton and his Heisman Trophy, let's dive into his time spent in high school and recruiting. Newton was a five-star quarterback, hometown of the state of Georgia, and he was in the class of 2007, where he was the number two dual threat in that class. He attended Westlake High School and gained the attention of major programs all around the country early on in his high school career. The Newtons and his family are just all athletes, really. His dad, Cecil Newton Sr., playing safety for the NFL, really with the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills. And then his younger brother, Kalen, went on to play quarterback for Howard. So he came from a family of athletes. Newton was also talented playing baseball and basketball during his youth, but stopped playing baseball at 14 and stopped playing basketball soon after that. And that really allowed him to just focus in on football and everyone, including himself and his family, saw that potential. Cam went on to play quarterback in high school where he threw for 2,500 yards and 23 touchdowns as a junior. He also ran the ball for 638 yards and nine touchdowns that year. This really showed off that dual threat ability, especially being six foot five and 235 pounds in high school. Now, when you look at those numbers, we just rattled off the 2,500 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, and then 600 yards rushing with nine touchdowns. Those are not crazy numbers by today's standard. In the modern day world, especially in high school football, we are seeing these high school quarterbacks throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns in just one season. So football, especially collegiately, has really come a long way since the early to mid-2000s with the spread offense and almost that that pro-style spread and pass-heavy formations that have really taken over collegiately and that have trickled and worked their way down to the high school level. Circling back to Cam and looking at his senior year, he received offers from Florida, Georgia, Maryland, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Oklahoma, and Virginia Tech, to just name a few. He then took his talents to Florida, committing to play for Urban Meyer and the Gators in 2006. This seemed like a fairly easy decision for a recruit and a quarterback like Cam Newton to make, especially with what Urban Meyer was doing and building his program with Florida. And we know that they were going to go on to win a couple national championships with his time with the Gators. And so pulling in big recruiting classes, obviously it was a big part of those two national championships for Urban Meyer in Florida. 
And bringing in quarterbacks like Cam Newton, especially with that dual threat ability, is something that Urban Meyer has always liked and always wanted in his quarterbacks, especially in his spread offense system. So it really seems like Cam Newton was a great fit for that. As a freshman in 2007, Cam was the backup for future Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow. He played in five games, throwing for 40 yards on five completions of 10 attempts, rushing 16 times for 103 yards and three touchdowns. So very minimal stats, but not to be really surprised by that. It's his first year in the program. He got a little bit of playing time, just you know, get him comfortable with that new system. But also he's a study, 6'5", 230. He has that dual threat ability. You saw he has three touchdowns running the ball. You know that Urban Meyer liked that and wanted to utilize that somehow right away. During his sophomore year in 2008, Newton took a medical redshirt after suffering an ankle injury in the first game of the year against Hawaii. So, so far, there hasn't been a whole lot that's happened in his collegiate career. It did not go on to be a smooth ride after that. In November of 2008, Cam was arrested on felony charges of burglary, larceny, and obstruction of justice on an accusation that he stole a laptop from a fellow student at Florida. He was suspended from the team. Turns out, Cam was guilty, and according to his Wikipedia page, he tossed the laptop out of his dorm window in an attempt to hide it from the cops. Eventually, all charges were dropped after he completed a court-approved pre-trial diversion program. To insert a quote from his Wikipedia page and a quote by Cam, quote, I believe that a person should not be thought of as a bad person because of the senseless mistake that they made. I think every person should have a second chance. If they blow that second chance, so be it for them, end quote. Soon after that, Newton went on to announce his intentions to transfer from Florida three days before the national championship win over Oklahoma in 2008. In 2010, Thayer Evans of Fox Sports reported that Cam faced potential expulsion from the University of Florida for three instances of academia dishonesty prior to transferring. So at this point, Cam really needed to get the heck out of Florida and needed a fresh start and just needed to start over. As a lot of big-time college football transfers have done before life as we now know it currently in the transfer portal, Newton attended Blinn Juco College in Texas. To no surprise, he performed well here, leading his team to the 2009 NJCAA National Championship, throwing for 2,833 yards with 22 touchdowns, rushing for 655 yards. Again, as we noted earlier with his high school stats, I mean, do you, do you remember when these were considered good statistics? It's really incredible how far we have come. And I even remember thinking back to 2011, 2012, 2013, etc. Those early years after 2010, when a dual threat quarterback, you know, if he could throw for 2,000 yards and rush for 1,000 yards, that was a really good season for you. And now you have quarterbacks who are dual threats who have become more situated in that pro-style offense. And we see that with Ohio State, Alabama, teams of that likeness. And you look at current quarterbacks there, Bryce on Alabama is a little bit more of a dual threat than C.J. Stroud is at Ohio State. Bryce Young almost has like an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson feel to him where he can move around a little bit and can escape the pocket when they need him to. 
CJ Stroud is definitely athletic enough to move around a little bit, but he's not a runner. And he made that explicitly clear this last year that, look, I'm not a running back. I'm not going to run the ball. And it's just different than what we've seen, especially with a team like Ohio State, where Urban Meyer was able to bring in this new spread offense system. He got Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Cardillo Jones, guys who could run the ball. Granted, all three of those guys had different running styles. But then Ohio State brings in a Ryan Day in that pro-style type of spread offense. Then you see the transition to that Dwayne Haskins. Justin Fields, who's a freak athlete but likes to throw the ball, CJ Stroud. And they have a team like Alabama, who isn't known for being a pass-heavy team. Nick Saban knew this is where the, this is the direction that college football is going. And we're going to have to go with it to stay relevant. Circling back to Cam and his time at JUCO. That year when he was there, he was a JUCO All-American Honorable Mention and was the most recruited JUCO quarterback in the country. Ranked as the number one quarterback from either high school or junior college by Rivals.com. During this recruitment process, Oklahoma, Mississippi State, and Auburn were essentially the three finalists to get Cam. And then, as we know, Cam went on to be an Auburn Tiger. His first game as a Tiger was in the 2010 season, and it was a home win over Arkansas State, where he accounted for 186 passing yards, 171 rushing yards, and five touchdowns. Great numbers, especially in 2010, and for your first start, especially rushing as a quarterback. If you're getting 171 yards rushing and a total of five touchdowns from your QB, you're doing something right. Three weeks later against South Carolina, this was said to be one of the first breakout games for Cam. Throwing for 158 yards, rushing for 176, with another five-touchdown game. Newton went on to do similar stats and similar games against Louisiana Monroe, Kentucky, and Arkansas, scoring touchdown after touchdown and continuing to rake up the stats. In the win over the Arkansas Razorbacks in October, Newton ran for 188 yards, three touchdowns, and then threw for another touchdown. This just went on to prove that he was unstoppable on the ground. And after this win over the Razorbacks, he started to gain the attention of Heisman voters. October 23rd, 2010. This was a mid-season test for the Tigers as they faced off against the LSU Tigers. Newton led his team to a 24-17 win, rushing for an outstanding 217 yards which had already put him over 1,000 rushing yards on the season. This also broke the SEC record for yards rushing in a season by a quarterback, which was previously held by Auburn quarterback Jimmy Seidel. This had stood for over 40 years. Newton broke this with a week left in October. Fun fact, on that exact play that Newton broke that SEC rushing record, he had also broken another record, which was the most touchdowns in a single season for Auburn. This went on to be known as Kent's almost Heisman moment, if you will. And Auburn then went on to receive their first number one overall BCS ranking after this win. And oh yeah, I mean at this point, Newton was the front runner for the Heisman Trophy, and he has now gotten all of that Heisman hype, having that Heisman moment and having the number one team in the country according to the BCS rankings. At this point in the year, and as the season continued, the accomplishments really kept stacking up for Cam. Later on in this season playing Georgia, Newton became the first SEC player to throw for 2,000 yards 
and rush for a thousand yards in a, in a single season. So there is that statistic of throwing and running. And and for that time, this really seemed to be the, the telltale of whether or not you're a good or a great dual threat quarterback, if you will. After that win over Georgia, Auburn found themselves eleven and zero clinching the SEC West regardless of what would happen the following week versus their rival Alabama. Well, speaking of that game, the Tide jumped out to a 24-0 early lead, which then quickly diminished in the second half as Cam and the Tigers orchestrated the largest come-from-behind win in program history. Cam Newton passed for 216 yards and three touchdowns, adding another score on the ground. The Heisman was officially his to lose, and he didn't lose it. No hangover game for the Tigers here, as they then went on to play South Carolina in the SEC Championship game, stomping them 56-17. Cam was the game MVP, scoring six touchdowns, four passing, two rushing. And with this performance, Cam joined former Florida teammate Tim Tebow and Colin Kaepernick as the only players in NCAA FBS history at that time to throw and run for 20 touchdowns in a singular season. Newton went on, to win the 2010 AP Player of the Year and the 2010 Heisman Trophy, both of which have been documented. It's been nothing but good vibes so far, so let's keep the good vibes rolling as Auburn was on their way to play in the BCS Championship game against the Oregon Ducks. Auburn went on and prevailed 22-19 with Newton throwing for 262 yards and two touchdowns. After fumbling the ball away and allowing the Ducks to tie the game, Late in the contest, Auburn then drove down the length of the field and kicked the game-winning field goal for the win. Newton rolled off into the college football sunset, having one of the best and most accomplished college football seasons that we have ever seen from a quarterback. He declared for the 2011 NFL Draft, foregoing his last remaining year of eligibility. By the way, this Heisman race this year wasn't even close. The other two finalists were Stanford quarterback Andrew Luck, and Oregon running back LaMichael James. Both of those guys received 100 first place votes combined, while Cam took home 729 first place votes. So this was one of the more lopsided Heisman winners that we've seen in recent memory. So as we just went over, there were a lot of accolades and a lot of accomplishments for Cam Newton after Florida and after Juco. But with that, came controversy and but we have to give him credit really because it was a great turnaround for a guy that had a couple issues at Florida was able to fix it maybe get his head on straight in Juco and have one of the greatest seasons that we had seen at that point unfortunately controversy also seemed to follow Cam to Auburn Cam Newton spent much of the second half season under allegations that his father had sought after substantial sums of money in return for his son playing football for their school. This is a major violation of NCAA rules. In November of 2010, several Mississippi State boosters, and remember this was one of the three finalists for Newton coming out of JUCO, reported that the media, while during Newton's recruitment out of JUCO, that his dad would say, quote, it would take more than just a scholarship, end quote, to land camp. Booster and former Mississippi State player Kenny Rogers communicated this to fellow boosters and former teammates, and Rogers even went on a Dallas radio interview, stated that 
Cam's dad, Cecil, stated it would take, quote, anywhere between $100,000 and $180,000 to get his son to transfer to Mississippi State, end quote. Auburn went on record to say that they were not involved in any pay-or-play scheme and that Cam was fully eligible to play. Seems a little fishy, don't you think? I mean, the, the Newtons and we'll just say Cam's dad, we'll, we'll, we'll leave Cam out of it. So Cecil wants money, yet they decide to go to the school that wouldn't pay him money? That just doesn't quite make sense. Why would you only want to dig money out of one program? So something seems a little bit off to me. So let's go ahead and continue with this. On November 30th, 2010, Auburn actually declared Cam Newton ineligible after the NCAA found evidence that Cecil solicited Mississippi State somewhere between $120,000 and $180,000 in exchange for his son's play. Auburn immediately filed to have Cam reinstated on the basis that Kenny Rogers, that MSU booster, could not be considered an agent and that Cam Newton was not aware of his father's illicit activity. The NCAA actually went on to side with Auburn the very next day on December 1st, declaring him now eligible for the 2010 SEC Championship game. Apparently, there was not sufficient evidence that Cam or anyone from Auburn had any knowledge of his dad Cecil's actions. Auburn did go on to limit Cecil's access to the program, and Cecil did not attend the Heisman Trophy ceremony. In October of 2011, the NCAA officially closed its investigation as they were unable to find any allegations or speculation of illicit recruiting by Auburn. They concluded that Cam Newton's dad, Cecil, only solicited cash from Mississippi State and no other program or institution. This investigation consisted of over 50 interviews, reviewing of numerous bank records, IRS documents, telephone records, emails, and resulted in no findings that indicated Auburn was involved in some sort of pay-for-play scenario. Unless some new information came to light, the NCAA stated, quote, we've done all that we can do, end quote. So, looking back, we've learned that ruling Cam ineligible for less than 24 hours is just something that can be done. Um, it's really incredible that the NCAA was able to find that evidence of his dad solicitating MSU for money, declaring him ineligible, and then not less than 24 hours later, he is pretty much immediately reinstated. It seems a little ridiculous. And going back and looking at some articles written at the time, everybody in the media ripped the NCAA. And this has been kind of the stigma behind the NCAA. You know, people cry out, like, what kind of message does this send? Is there an SEC bias? It kind of seems like it. And, you know, this could be something just surrounded money where, you know, you don't want to keep the prized possession player off the field. This is this is the guy that came out of JUCO, had some trouble, got that fixed, was having a great season. So, you know, ratings are up, money's involved, and all of a sudden he is eligible again less than a day later. Seems like it's kind of fishy, and I don't know why the NCAA was able to switch around that quickly. Now, we know that they doubled back, then agreed with what Auburn had said, which was, hey, there may have been trouble with his dad in another program, but here at Auburn, we didn't do anything wrong, and Cam Newton supposedly, 
quote-unquote, did or did not know of his father's actions. That is, frankly, very, very hard to believe. It it could have been one of those things where, you know, his dad's like, hey, you don't know about this kind of thing. But come on. Cam isn't an idiot. He knew who he was being the number one quarterback out of high school and or junior college when he left and was trying to be recruited again a second time. So he knew his stature. He knew what was going on. And I do think it's a little bit ridiculous that that reinstating him took less than 24 hours. But at the end of the day, Auburn was able to get a couple of rings out of him. So they had to be happy with that. So after this, I mean, what happened next? Well, we know that Cam left his final year of eligibility on the table and entered the NFL draft where he was the first overall pick in the 2011 NFL draft by the Carolina Panthers. Overall, I mean, he's had a very successful tenure in the NFL. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Pro Bowls, an MVP, and a Super Bowl appearance. You know, Am- Cam has floated around a little bit before returning back to the Panthers in November 2021. But he's had a very successful football career. And whether or not that continues, etc., maybe he can go into the media. It seems like he has that that outgoing personality that I frankly think could be a very good fit in sports media. And he has that face. He has that appeal. And so I think that's something that he could pursue down the line. But from what he was able to do after Florida, after Juco, controversy has been around him everywhere. But he was able to capitalize on who he is as a player. And, I mean, could you imagine a guy like that now with the NIL name, image, and likeness, especially in a school like Auburn in the South with boosters. And it's really interesting to see how this exact scenario and controversy would have played out if it happened right now in today's world with college athletes just being able to benefit off their likeness. So just something to think about. Okay, so that will conclude this week's episode of Sideline Exposure. And look, it's the off-season. It's a long off-season, so we're going to continue to do these exposure pods every Sunday. Some weeks we will be diving into a program itself, giving you the, as what we like to call, the overlooked details in college football, but that also ties into these bigger picture stories that I really enjoy doing. So, you know, some sneak peek previews. We'll link into Johnny Manziel. You guys remember that, which happened a couple years after Cam Newton and Auburn. But then we'll even dive into actual teams themselves. So like the 2008 Florida Gators is a good one. And then some more modern day stuff as well later on down the line. So Joe Brill's transfer from Ohio State to LSU. That's had a big impact on the modern day college football. And then, you know, NIL, transfer portal. That is so huge right now that we'll have to talk about that. So we got a lot of stuff coming your way. Stay tuned. You can keep up to date and you can find us on social media at Sideline Exposure on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And then you can find us at Sideline Expose on Twitter. If you're new to the show, thanks for listening. We release a new pod, a new exposure pod, if you will, every Sunday. Just trying to dig into some details and provide you guys with some content that you haven't heard yet or you haven't heard in a long time and just help to get your way through the off season here. We'll take a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you have one. But other than that, stay tuned for a new pod coming to you next Sunday. And as always, thank you for listening.